Welcome to Grandma and Her Gummies, a fun and educational podcast about real-life cannabis stories and lessons for safer cannabis use for everyone. If you're looking for ways to ease pain, inflammation, anxious feelings, or just want to chill and get better sleep, we'll share with you the latest scientific research and tips about cannabis products and innovation, which just might help improve your quality of life. Listen in for the basics about cannabis and walk away with important resources and education. But most of all, have fun and enjoy the cannabis stories. Want to share your cannabis story? Contact us at grandmaandhergummies.com. Hello to my cannabis curious listeners. Welcome and thank you again for joining us today. I'm Steve with the Cannabis Wellness Group and the host of Grandma and Her Gummies, our educational podcast with real life cannabis stories for safe and effective cannabis use. As you know, I like to say, it's not about getting high. It's about getting better, better sleep, better relief, and a better quality of life. Well, my guest today is Rhea Jacobson. She's a peer of mine from the University of Maryland School of Pharmacy, where we both earned our master's in medical cannabis science and therapeutics. Rhea has over 30 years of experience as a physical therapist, and now she's expanding her practice to include cannabis education with a specific focus on active adults and to help us age more gracefully. So I've asked Rhea to join us today to share some of her stories from her patients, from some of the seminars she's been giving on cannabis and aging, and really to share some tips with us and some words of wisdom. So before we jump into it, welcome Rhea. Can you please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and maybe add to what I've just said? Sure. Hi, Steve. And thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I'm a, I am a physical therapist. I've been a physical therapist for over 30 years and um, my focus in my treatments has been mostly chronic pain patients and the complex patient, patients with a lot of uh, medical conditions or injuries, traumas, you know, things, things of that sort. So that's been my focus as a therapist. You did tell me a story a little bit about how and why you got into space. Also included a story about your mom and CBD. Can you can you share that? Yes, of course. So one of the reasons I got interested in cannabis for the aging population had to do with my mother. I remember as a child, my mother being really anxious about, I was kind of young, but my older siblings and them using cannabis, they were, she was all nervous about that. When I started learning about it, she just bought herself some uh, CBD pills from a brochure that she received in the mail and she said, you know, the picture had a man in a white coat and a stethoscope. So she thought it was reputable. I had to explain to her that that's not the way this works. And I also explained to her that because she was on blood thinners, her physician really needed to know that she was using CBD because uh, what, what CBD does with blood thinners is it potentiates it. So it actually acts as if there's more of the medication in your system. There's a whole scientific explanation as to why that happens. But the, the important part was that her physician know that she started using CBD, which she had tried for arthritic pain, and that he might have to alter her medication because she was taking CBD at the same time. So it really occurred to me that this is a very important area for the aging population to understand so that they don't make the same mistakes that my mother had made. Also really interesting is that when 
she uh, she ended up needing to be hospitalized at one point, so she wasn't taking her CBD, and she ended up in so much pain that she she had to take opioids. So that was really the indication that the CBD was helping with her arthritic pain, even though she didn't notice it really at the time. It was when she wasn't taking it that she noticed that it actually was making a big difference for her. Very interesting. One thing that I've tried to explain to people, and it, it is very difficult for those of us in, in today's world where we're used to immediate gratification. With CBD specifically, it's not what you feel, it's what you don't feel anymore. And you don't realize that until you stop taking it like your mom. So let's talk about the, the webinars you are, are giving and, you know, tell us a little bit about the topic and, uh, you know, who, when we say the aging population, I, that's everybody from millennials on up, but Give us a little bit about the description of the demographics as well. Right. So my focus is on the medical community. I'm part of the medical community. I found that my patients weren't really honest with me about their cannabis use until I started speaking to them about it, asking very direct questions, Mm -hmm. and they understood that they weren't going to be judged. Yeah, that's very, very important and probably not uncommon where people, you know, they still have that sense of, like, well, better not say anything, you know, um, get in trouble. But it's legal in almost 40 plus states now. And it's just, you know, it's continuing to be a discussion topic that everyone should feel comfortable with. So good for you for kind of pulling them out of the cannabis closet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but what are some of the biggest concerns or, I guess, conditions or, or questions they may have once you open the conversation? Well, one of the biggest issues that a lot of people have who aren't using, obviously the people who are using are, you know, have uh, overridden any of the concerns. When I speak to some of the older adults, especially, is they don't want to feel high. They're very concerned about feeling high and uh, explaining to them that there is a way to use cannabis without feeling, without feeling intoxicated that's really probably the biggest concern that I've come across with the people that I've spoken to about what their fear is of using cannabis. I know quite a few people because I treat the uh, chronic pain population in my therapy practice mostly, quite a few people who have gotten on medical cannabis programs. Patients would go to their pain docs and ask if they could start using medical cannabis for their pain because they wanted to reduce their opioid medications. One of my clients, she found a pain doctor who was willing to work with her using cannabis, and she was able to almost go off of her opioid medications completely. She still has to use them sometimes, but she really uses cannabis as her main way of controlling her pain. So that's a huge success story in terms of opioid use and, you know, combined with cannabis use, Um, both the reduction in pain, but more importantly, because of the opioid crisis that we're dealing with in the United States, the ability to reduce the amount of opioids people are taking. Very exciting story. I had another woman that I was working with who developed uh, something called tardive dyskinesia. You may have seen advertisements on TV for medications to counter the effects of this. It's It's a condition that happens for people who are on some kinds of antidepressants where they end up with abnormal body movements. It could be kind of tick like things. 
And for this person, she had gone off of her uh, antidepressants. And in doing so, she developed this dyskinesia, which was very disconcerting, very depressing, actually. And it's irreversible. Her physicians had put her on Parkinson's medications in order to try and control the abnormal movements, but it didn't really make that much of a difference. So she started adding CBD to her uh, medication regimen, and she noticed an immediate difference in how calm her body was, how she wasn't having those constant movements that she had been dealing with. Over the course of time, she tried getting off of the Parkinson's medications, and she found that the CBD alone did not help so much with these with this problem. So it was the combination of the two drugs that helped really alleviate her symptoms. So really a very positive experience. Just adding CBD helped potentiate the medication, but in a very positive way. Well, those are, those are some very interesting stories. And uh, you talked about one of the medications, contraindications. These are really important as you're talking about, you know, medical cannabis and you're talking to other physical therapists and certainly in the medical community, that's got to be an issue. So how do you approach what can happen when people are taking certain medications and how do they deal with that? I look up for anyone that I'm consulting with, the medications that they're currently taking and how they interact with either CBD or THC, mostly because those are the only two that have enough information on to see if there's going to be any kind of drug-to-drug interaction. And oftentimes it is an issue of the drug that they're taking, the pharmaceutical drug, being potentiated. It ends up actually being stronger than it would be without the CBD or THC. And when that happens, I speak to the client about they must let their physician know that they are going to be using an alternative medication because their pharmaceutical might need to be tweaked. You know, one example is there was a a family that was concerned about the 93-year-old father who was taking a CBD to help him sleep. And he came in with a shopping bag filled with CBD products that he had purchased from catalogs. And in speaking to him, you know, he had, he was taking, there were a lot of medications and some of them, there was a, there was an issue uh, for car- cardiac medication specifically. And for some of them, there was an issue of this, of this effect where the pharmaceutical medication would actually end up being more potent with the use of CBD. Um, and I explained, you need to speak to your cardiologist if you're going to continue to do this. It was quite something to go through this bag of, I don't know, 15 or so products. And he wasn't keeping track of when he was taking them. It really was a a lot of education for him and for his wife about how to do this properly and safely, and that they needed to speak to his physician, specifically his cardiologist, you know, who actually was very impressed that anybody understood anything about this and knew enough to alert him that this is what was going on. I think one of the 
key messages uh, that I like to give is that I'm not a doctor. And so it's really important, as you've said, to really encourage a discussion with their doctor, their healthcare provider. The conversation will get easier out there, everybody, but make sure that you are owning your own condition and your own conversation with your doctors. Be prepared. So I really appreciate your point there, Rhea, about that. Steve, this is also the beauty of cannabis with opioids because the same potentiation happens with the opioids. It's almost as if you've taken more. It allows the opioid to stay in your system and work better so that you ultimately need less of it. Cannabis is a wonderful way to help people reduce or get off of their opioid medication. Indeed. I don't think we can say that enough. So what, uh, what are any trends um, maybe that you're seeing in the, in the aging population or things people need to look out for? In the aging population, it's actually more healthy adults that are looking to use cannabis, not people with a specific medical condition or diagnosis, but they're just using it for relief of pain, especially arthritic pain, which happens as, you know, as we start to age. There are also a lot of uh, issues with insomnia that I know I deal with. All my friends uh, ask me about how to use cannabis to help them sleep better at night. So there's a lot there that people can use to help them with just living the best possible life they can and improving their quality of life. Sleep is really important. And if you can use cannabis to help get a good night's sleep, then you can function better during the day and be healthier for it. What do you tell them specifically about sleep and cannabis? Do you direct them toward a certain formulation or a specific product? There's a lot of discussion that goes into that. Um, of course, with anybody, I mean, you know, my, my dear friends included, there's a discussion about falling asleep versus staying asleep. For some people, they just can't shut their mind off. They're just, they're just, keep, they're just thinking, they lay down in bed and there's, they start to spin about everything that's going on in their life and around the world. Um, for those people, actually just some CBD before they go to sleep really does just help to slow their mind down, calm down the anxiety clearly that they're feeling. And, and that helps a friend of mine told me that 70% of the time, then she's able to get a good night's sleep. She's able to fall asleep because her issue was falling asleep, not staying asleep. Okay. You know, for other people, they have trouble staying asleep. They, they might fall asleep, wake up in the middle of the night, and then be up for hours. And for that, I find, personally, and with some of the people that I work with, that if they take some THC with CBN combination uh, before they go to sleep, that helps them get over that hump when they would normally wake up and be up for hours. So... It just depends on the person and what they're comfortable with. There was a guy I was speaking to recently, and we talked about this combination. And I was discussing with him the, the idea of starting at a very low dose. And he came back and he said, I was, I just, I felt so hungover the next day. And he thought that he was taking two milligrams, but he was actually taking five milligrams. And so, you know, he slept well, but he didn't like that feeling of being hung over the next day. Mm -hmm. And for, for him, five milligrams was enough for him to feel that way. And, you know, that was a mistake on his part. 
he was right. meant to take only two and a half milligrams and he didn't realize what the dosage was on the package. And specifically, you're referring to the milligram dosage of THC. So THC is, yes, you know, typically when we, we do talk about the low dose, it's, it's THC, two, two and a half is a great place to start. A little bit of the difference between THC, obviously THC is intoxicating and you get that, where CBD is not intoxicating. THC, I find the low, low dose of milligrams, two, two and a half to five are sufficient where I find CBD for people. We're looking at 20, 25, 30 plus milligrams to begin to feel the appropriate therapeutic doses. Everybody's so different, Rhea, right? Everybody needs to have some guidance, begin to try low, and then slowly increase until you get that relief that you're seeking. That, like I said earlier, is the big frustration for people is they just want to know exactly what to do and exactly how much to take. And what we know is the trial and error and keeping a log is important. And so the first time you try, you might not get these fabulous results where, where you sleep all night, for example, but understand, okay, you wrote down, you, if you write down what you took and how you felt, and then the next day or, or wait a few days, take, do the same thing for a couple of days and then tweak it, increasing or de decreasing the dose, you'll get there, but it's just a matter of being patient with it. A lot of people don't have that kind of, they don't have the patience for it. That's not mm -hmm. what they're used to. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. used to, like I said, a prescription that tells them exactly what to do. Patience and discipline, I think are so important when people are, are beginning to incorporate cannabis into their medical routine. It is worth it for many, many people because it reduces side effects of other medications, can eliminate other medications. So be patient, people, be disciplined, you know, have that log so you can begin to see over a two to four week period. There's also this, this you know, issue of the biphasic effect of mm -hmm. cannabis, whereas at one dose, it might have a therapeutic effect, but at another dose, it will do the opposite. And that's true for anxiety. So at a lower dose, cannabis might help with anxiety, but at a higher dose, it could create a lot of anxiety. Would you say that that specific scenario where somebody may have a paranoia or anxiety, does that more often come from higher doses of THC or higher doses of CBD? Oh, that's THC. That's pretty specific to THC. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that was clear for people. No, that's, they... right. that's, that's, that's very specific to THC. But it is one of the reasons that uh, there's been a huge spike in older adults um, going to the ER. And some of it is because they think they, they can use it the way, use cannabis the way they did when they were in their 20s and 30s, but it's not the same. Cannabis nowadays is much more potent than it was 40 years ago, let's say. And not understanding really how gummies work, that the effect could take one to two hours in order for a person to feel it. And so after 30 minutes, people say, I don't feel anything. And then they take another one and another one. And then they start to really not feel good because they've, you know, they've taken too much. Well, that is a, one of the main reasons why we named our uh, approach to education in cannabis, Grandma and Her Gummies, because mm -hmm. typically it's the gummies that get people into trouble. And it's the edibles that people 
you know, they look like candy, they look like a cookie, and they sometimes taste really delicious. So people, one, like the taste, so they eat more than they probably should. But two, Mm -hmm. when you ingest something and it goes through the first pass metabolism, as you said, it takes one, maybe two hours to feel it. Well, again, Mm -hmm. back to us living in today's society, we all like that immediate gratification. So 30 minutes into it, you're looking around going, I don't feel anything. And you have another bite. And that's the trouble. That's why we want to get this message out for everyone is be educated, understand the different ways you can consume cannabis, the different ways that that will affect you, and the different ways that that can help specific conditions such as sleep or such as pain. Or one of the big things for people my age and above, really anybody that has some creaks and aches and pains, are topicals really quite safe when you use a topical. And I would imagine in your practice, talking about a cannabis topical can help reduce inflammation. It can help reduce spot pain. Is that something that you do see more and more? Oh yeah. And, and, uh, and in fact, I, I think that it's um, sort of the unsung hero on some level that really makes a huge difference using topical creams or ointments or things that they're going to take in at a low dose and it could really help with what ails them without having to do an inhalation therapy or an edible, which is a much more systemic, um, has a more systemic effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely yeah. topicals. And so this is, that's why this is so important, this education. There are a lot of other ways that people can benefit from, from cannabis. Well, what about any final thoughts or words of wisdom you may have for our listeners? Well, the, you know, the rule of thumb, um, the start low, go slow and stay low, uh, I think is one of the most important things that we can talk to people about and explain to them that, you know, it's a higher dose does not necessarily give you a better outcome. So that's the biggest thing. And the other thing is you can use cannabis with uh, very safely and effectively without having that intoxicating effect. So if there's one thing that people who are afraid to use need to know is it can be done without feeling high. And depending on your health status, depending on how many medications you may be taking, it is very important to speak to a healthcare provider about how to do this and make sure that they know so that they can can tweak your pharmaceutical medications if necessary. Those would be my main thoughts that I I think are important for for anybody, not just people, not just people, you know, who are in the aging population, but um, anybody to know if they want to start a a medical cannabis program. Great piece of advice and, and words of wisdom. Also, as an update, so listeners, this is very encouraging, very positive news in the industry that I want everyone to know about is that in the last two weeks, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services sent a letter of recommendation to the DEA to reschedule cannabis down to a lower schedule on the Controlled Substance Act. Now, what does that mean? Basically, if it moves from the Schedule 1, where it currently is, down to Schedule 3, it essentially is going to do a lot of really positive things to the industry. Most importantly for you to know, It's going to improve the ability to do research. And so the research that's needed, particularly, as you said, Rhea, on this population, uh, people 50, 60 and older, is so important. And so it's going to open up the doors for funding for 
for research and just a number of a number of other things that's going to be safe for the community that produce and sell and provide medical cannabis, but also for all of us listening. So I just wanted to give that really optimistic, positive step. Now, the DEA has to approve it, and then they have to actually move it down to the schedule. But for the Department of Health and Human Services to make that recommendation indicates that there is medical value in cannabis. And man, oh man, if I could cue the cheers and applause right now, I will. (laughs) So that's a good update. You heard about that, Rio, right? Yeah, lots of discussion about that. Well, Rhea, thanks again for joining us today and really for all that you're doing to make a difference. And to you and to all of our cannabis curious listeners, I wish you peace and good cannabis wellness. Until next time. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Well, we hope you enjoyed that with Rhea and some of the great stories about safe and effective cannabis use. If you did enjoy today's episode and any of the other previous episodes, please support us by going to www.grandmaandhergummies.com and order some of these products. These are CBD-based products, non-intoxicating, and we vetted them that they are quality tested by third-party laboratories. If you think about what Rhea said, we have topicals for anybody's arthritic pain or maybe a little pain in your knee or your foot or the back of the neck, or we have some sleep gummies and some full-spectrum gummies to help with anxiety. So again, please support us by going to www.grandmaandhergummies.com and finding one or more of the products for you or for someone in your life that would enjoy them and benefit as well. We're at the end of our second season. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to an upcoming season of more educational stories about safe and effective cannabis use. Until then. Thanks for listening to Grandma and Her Gummies. If you like what you heard, the best thing you can do is share this episode with your friends and family. And be sure to follow and review us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in. To learn more about resources and products for safe and effective cannabis use, or to share your cannabis story, visit our website at grandmaandhergummies.com.